and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 25. Today we're talking about our favorite fall songs and activities for the music room. We'll also share highs and lows from our work week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And so now it's time for our high notes, our low notes. We are well into the school year. Yeah. So tell me what you got, Carrie. What's going on? Oh, I'll share a low. Okay. I mean, there have been plenty of high notes. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm sorry if you've listened to this podcast before and you know my my tale, but this is my third year at this school. And if, you know, and well, I mean, you've all been year three somewhere, probably most of you. And, um, you know, it gets easier the longer you're there and you get to know the kids and you build relationships and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, except my sixth graders. <laughs> And not even all of my sixth graders. I have some really, really lovely sixth graders, but there's one class in particular that is a very large challenge. And some of you might remember last year, I would talk about my fifth graders in the same way. So these are the same kids. Those kids, yeah. And then, of course, you know how it goes. We've got some new ones this year who are also very, very challenging um, from whatever school situation or personal situation they've got going on. So, you know, just because we didn't know who these kids were, they put them in this class that already has lots of kids who have lots of needs. And now Mm -hmm. we've got extra kids who have lots of needs. So um, needless to say, it's a challenging class. And so today um, we just finished up doing this little mini drum ensemble. So I thought, okay, today we're going to take a break from drumming. We're going to do a little rhythm review. Um, We had, I had a warm up song planned. I had a a clapping game planned and then we're going to do some flashcards and we're going to play the game King of the Mountain. Mm -hmm. I thought, great. Um, I completely nixed the singing game when they came in because they were so wound up and I realized what they needed more than anything um, was probably to be stationary for a little Mm -hmm. while so I thought well we'll do the the rhythm thing first after we still did our warm-up but even while we're doing our warm-up kids are just screaming out and just being really random and strange and making strange noises and then what this in particular class likes to do is then they like to yell and scream at each other oh so it's particularly the boys who will start it they like to be very silly and immature and just yell silly, goofy things to kind of derail us. But then the girls take it upon themselves to, like, defend. I don't know if they're defending me or themselves or just yelling for the sake of yelling. But then they all start yelling at the boys. You guys are wasting our time and I can't believe this and you're so oh, immature. My. I mean, they're honestly vocalizing a lot of the things I'm thinking. <laughs> but they're doing it in a way that is really not helpful in fact it makes the problem worse and I can probably say that every single time this class has been to me this is I think lesson six with them I have had that exact same oh my gosh when you are yelling and screaming at each other you are making the problem worse not better so needless to say we didn't get much done today um we got through the flashcards we started playing king of the mountain we played a couple of rounds and then it was literally time to go so in a 45 minute period that's how much I got done because I just had to stop and wait for them to de-escalate, you know, and Mm -hmm. then individual students, I'm trying to address this student, but then while I'm doing that, this other student Mm -hmm. starts acting a mess and 
it was just really bad. That's so stressful. So I decided next time, Tanya, I'm going to get out one of your mindful glitter bottles. You know, I almost said, hey, maybe if they come in, and you could start with mindfulness. But I was yeah. worried that, like, no, no, are no, they no. going to be... It's going to be like a combination of mindfulness and like a restorative community circle. Well, and that was the other thing I thought about because since we last spoke, I've had my restorative training. Not that I'm like know it all because right after the training, I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to do this again because there's so much to take in. But, yeah, I know they're doing it in their classroom. So They are. And, you know, I mean, not to throw their classroom teacher under the bus, but that was part of the problem. They came to me already late. Because they were doing a circle, and for some reason, our principal went and sat in on their circle, Ooh. and that derailed them. Yeah. So they already came in just kind of amped up and stressed out even more than usual. Then you need the mindfulness. And then, yeah, just... I just thought, okay, well, maybe if we just get right into music, it'll... No, it didn't work. And, I mean, if I would have... I, I literally thought about just stopping, turning off the lights, getting the glitter bottle, but I thought, I don't know, that might make them amped up even more it was kind of like I just felt like it was a loose-loose situation I'm just going to maintain I'm just going to get them through this class and then I'm going to really do some major brainstorming of what I'm going to do with them well can I throw something or throw a couple things at you I'm ready because this is interesting um I've been with my kindergartners who come at the very end of the day and who are Really acting a lot like animals. Yeah. By making a lot of animal noises <laughs> at each other. And not in a fun way. Not in like, um, ha, little rooster and the rooster. Not that. No. no. No, just out of the blue, like, instead of speaking with one another, we're going to hiss like cats and um, growl and that kind of thing. And they've lost the ability to function like humans sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's at the end of the day, and I do see them for 45 minutes. And something that I um, have started a little bit, and I think I'm really going to make it a thing, is that when they come in, I'm going to have us sit still, and we're going to listen to a like two, two and a half piece of music mm-hmm. to just focus us. At this point, I have not done um, many like mindful meditation minutes with kindergarten, right? But I thought maybe that could be just like a transition piece. I mean, I like my transition piece when they come in to be an opening song that we're all singing, we're all engaged, sure. we're all moving, we're all making music. But with this particular group, I think that I need like a little bit more of a like, let's be focused and silent and still. And then we'll get into the lesson because they are just not, they're not ramping down. Right. right? Like. So I'm sorry to compare your sixth graders to my kindergartners. Well, but um, yeah, let's a lot call of... a spade a spade here because that's where they were at today. I'm not gonna lie. But I mean, would it be some like would it be a comfort, a mainstay for them that like I know when we go to music, we have these three minutes of like just listening. I mean, and then... I'm willing to give it a try. I I could see it going great, and I could see it completely backfiring, and they're gonna like make silly noises while the music's playing you know i could totally I mean, see that too and I, that could happen the same with yeah, any kind of meditation well, exactly. that happens with it's happening with anything right yeah so maybe that's i literally something. like the, the the glitter bottle um visual though and to talk about how okay like right now this is how you're feeling right like, shake the glitter your glitter is all of your thoughts and your emotions and everything yep. going on in your head want you to watch this settle and that doesn't mean that those things go away mm-hmm. but they settle down and right now 
the bottle is clear, which you means our mind is clear. You have to space. Focus in. Now we're ready to make music. So I thought maybe I'll Why, start with that. You weren't that. even at that part of my presentation. No, but you you, you've told me about it before. <laughs> I listen to you, Tanya. I pay attention. Yeah, this is all Tanya. So, anyways, I thought, okay, I I'm gonna just give that a try, and if that totally bombs, I'll try something else. I mean, keep trying, because. We will make music this year, and we will make Damn more it. music yes, than happening. Oh, King I'm sorry. of the Mountain. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to have one of those kids. things in oh, front of explicit. The... <gasps> we have an explicit podcast That would be now. so exciting. That's fun. <laughs> Anyways, um, I digress. So that was sixth grade. I will say the rest of my classes, and of course, they're my first class of the day. So of that kind of just put me in, the, in a bad mindset. But I will say... Then fifth graders came in, they had a lovely class, and I had great classes for the rest of the day, really, truly. So I left feeling like it was overall a good day. Oh, that's good. All right, so speaking of mindfulness, (laughs) Tanya had a wonderful workshop last week. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a fantastic time, and, um, you know, we had a good size crowd come. Uh, Rocky, Regional Organization of Colorado Kodai Educators, uh, hosted me as a presenter. We did some... um, it was called Kodai 101 and Mindfulness in the Music Room. The Kodai 101 piece sounds very wide open, but I, I just took a, you know, we, we did a bunch of activities, songs and, and games, and I really tried to make sure that they were things that uh, I use all the time, but things that are not your, everything that you're going to get in levels. Like, right. we didn't do Doggy Doggy Where's Your Bone, right. for example. Anyway, not that there's anything wrong with that, but... Well, but... For me, I mean, I loved it because there were songs that I knew and I'd heard, but I've never really done with my kids. And it was a good reminder, like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. And there were a couple I'd never heard of at all. Woohoo. So I was really excited. Yeah. So so that was good. And then there was the mindfulness portion. I've been doing mindfulness with my students in the classroom for about a year now. And now my aim is to continue to do that. But I'm trying to weave in, like, smaller moments during our music making yeah like calling attention to and there are several things that I know a lot of us do already that are just naturally mindful as far as being in the music room anytime you're doing inner hearing or audiation I think that you just you have to work really hard to not be in the moment right for the students because it's a it's a challenge it's something that they focus on um so I'm just trying to be a lot more intentional about how is it how can it be specific to what we're doing musically, how can it be unique to the music room? But anyway, um, so I did a little bit of, of that, but I have a pre- presentation about mindfulness and, and how I started and the things I incorporate. And there's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of fantastic resources. Um, anyway, so it was a really, really, it was a great, I thought it was a great fun workshop. I enjoyed I presenting. Agree. And like participants had a lot of awesome um, different questions at the end. You know how you always have that question and answer session? Yeah. Um, it went long. Oh, did it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to leave half day because my son had his first flag football yeah, practice well, and I had to go. But, um, so I missed the ending. But that's good. Yeah. People were asking lots of questions. Yeah, lots of questions. Good. Anyway, so um, there you go. And if you are interested in mindfulness in the music room um, and if you want me to come out, contact your local you know, Kodai chapter or yeah. or, your NC, district, or your maybe. school district. If you've got or... some bucks in your school district, yeah. Tanya will come. I'm and available, you. so there and you I can come along too and just bring the coffee. <laughs> totally, <laughs> we could be coffee team traveling. Yeah. I know yeah. nothing about mindfulness, but I can bring coffee. Oh, you do too. No, I don't. <laughs>
time for our main theme. And today we're going to talk about our favorite autumn songs and activities. There are so many. There are. And so just like Tanya just mentioned for her session, we're trying to maybe pick some of the lesser known things. You know, we're not going to talk about pumpkin, pumpkin, round and fat because, you know, you all probably know that, (laughs) you know. And I just sang that really badly. That's okay. But you get the idea. Um, we're Great ticket to... ticket song. Yeah, it is. And there's something wrong with that. We're not going to talk about apple tree right now because most of you probably already you know, know apple, apple tree. tree. So we're going to try to pick out some of our favorites that are a little And if you're thinking, oh my known. gosh, I don't know apple tree. Um... You just Google it. You'll <laughs> find it. You'll find it. There's <laughs> I'm a sure lot. it's on many people's blogs. Yes. It might be on your blog, Tanya. Uh, no. Well, I'm sure it's on other people's blogs. It's on lots of people's blogs. <laughs> Pinterest it. Don't go buy a TPT Pro. No, fine. Go buy the yeah. TPT apple yeah, trees. They're no, lovely. Okay. Moving on from apple trees. Uh-huh. So we're going to just uh, start with just autumn, fall, generic things. And then hopefully we can move a little bit into Halloween and a little bit later. Yes. But general fall stuff. General fall stuff. And I think fall is a fun time of year for everyone, but especially if you're in the schools as a student or as a teacher, because it's the unofficial beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah. I always think of it as the beginning of the year. Totally. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll start with one of my favorites Go. that I love to do with kinder and first grade. Uh-huh. So um, I will say, I don't know what a great source is for this other than it's in the old Share the Music series. When you say I old, is... it's like the 2000s. It's like 1997, if I if I remember oh, wow. correctly. Okay. So the tune is a lovely little minor tune, and it goes like this: Autumn leaves are falling, nights are growing chill, maple leaves are turning red along the hill. Just a pretty little tune. And so just simple activity I do with the kiddos. They each get a scarf and we talk about the different colors or like the different leaves. And hey, yeah, there's a blue leaf. How cool is that? You know, there's some funky ones. But, you know, we're blowing in the wind while we're singing the song. And then after maple leaves are turning red along the hill, we sing down, 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 down. Leaves are falling to the ground. So just a little melodic exploration where the leaves are going down. Nice. I'm hearing a a lovely little metallophone orb arrangement. Totally. And some wood blocks. This early in the year with um, kinder and no, first No, maybe not. But not you so could take happening. it into older grades. Sure. Like, I bet you could really orph it up with like some Absolutely. third graders and, you know. Yeah. And I do often pull out one glockenspiel or you can use those like step tone mm-hmm. bells. Of course, you have to find a minor, you know, set. You have to be able to pitch it. You oh, know, you like oh, D minor. So mine is like a straight up major, and you can't take off bars. Yeah, no, I, I've got some like tone bells that you can rearrange and you on know, the make... steps. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, well, nice. well, no, not on the steps. No, but what I do is I put the tone blocks like on a tray. Uh huh. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. What anyways, and then what's really fun is um, I do like put the the B flat on there, and I talk about how that's one of the leaves that's changed colors in the oh, fall. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because it's black. You know, that is worth listening to this whole episode. Isn't that fun? It is. I mean, because you know they're just gonna ask. They're gonna be like, "Why is that one black?" Well, just like the leaves, this one has changed colors. And I mean, if you really wanted to get into, you could play it with the B natural and then play it with the B flat. I don't get it. And then in that. November, you can like you know hop on all the black. Oh yeah, you can. Just just go nuts but then I just play like the descending scale but then like I'll have to take a picture of this somehow I like angle the tray so it's right. literally going down and this is where if you have those step tone bars you well can there use are those. I I 
seem to remember there are like step tone bars where you can yes. take off and put on. Yes. And I'm actually, it's on my wish list of something I'm going to buy like this year. So, where so is I don't that? have to do my walking. Where can you trend. find that? You know, good question. Somebody just I've blocked, not seen it in West. Somebody just put it, I think, on Facebook on one of those. Like, I think it might have been just the general music uh-huh. thing. Somebody found a set of tone bars. Like, what do I do with these? And then somebody mm. else said, buy one of these. And it's just the empty steps. Oh, And yeah. then you can put the tone bars. So that's on my wish list. But nice. for now, I have my wonky tray. And okay. it works just that's as That's great. Well. You just tilt it. Yeah. 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 I and mean, you have to not tilt it too much because then they fall over. But Then you can sing about falling leaves. <laughs> falling leaves. They're tumbling leaves. Clanking so that's one of my ground. little favorites with the littles. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I, I'm concerned that everyone's heard this one, but um, yeah. I love down, down, yellow and brown. The leaves are falling all down to the ground. And the it's major. major version of what I just so did. So there you go. Yeah, uh-huh. But I also pair it with little leaves are falling, falling everywhere, making all the tall trees look so very bare. Cute. Which um, I got from Christopher Roberts. I'm pretty sure somebody made it up. I don't know where it came from, but it's just been a really nice one because it's so, 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 la, so, me. And at this time of year, you know, um, that so, so, me, me, do with the second graders is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so it's one. second grade. And this is typically the first um, song that I have them sing in canon. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So it's little leaves are little leaves. Oh, right. Yeah. And then we do some motions to it where we fall to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And do you generally use scarves for that or do you have, I also have like a set of little, you know, leaves that I got in the craft yeah, store. Yeah, I do. I have some sometimes. leaves from Michael's that yeah. I throw all over the place. Yeah. Um, we do that. I've also done a pair up with the art teacher. This was at my former school, but I bet my current art teacher would go for it if I talked to her about it, where they did a project in class where they did a leaf and whether it's paint or crayon or however they do it and they cut it out. And then because of our rotation goes art, music, PE, art, music, PE, mm-hmm. they did the leaves in art. She gave them to me with their names on it. And then the next day in music, I was like, oh, and here's the leaf you made yesterday. We're going to dance with our leaves. Oh, so then they had their own leaves. Nice. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that one for second grade and the down, down, yellow, and brown. So little leaves are falling down, down, yellow, and brown. Oh, yeah, I have here one thing I do with the, the first grade, and this year I'll do it with kindergarten too, is um, it's very silly. But uh, we, and this is closer to Thanksgiving, we sing, my, my, me, oh, my, how I love that pumpkin pie. And it's a text improvisation thing. Oh, yeah. Because you you sing over and over again, my, my, me, oh, my, how I love that. Peanut butter pie. Right. And we're going around the circle. <laughs> I do love peanut butter pie. Yeah. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I like peanut butter soup. It is very tasty. Goop. That's another one. Oh, I don't know that. Spread it on a piece of bread. Oops, I dropped it on my head now it's sliding everywhere i've got peanut butter hair <gasps> wow and then you compare that with peanut peanut butter oh, we jelly. did that today yeah oh my gosh okay we digress this yeah it's not fall that i i mentioned that i don't know why i mentioned that because you were talking about peanut butter pie peanut which butter, is great I'm sorry yeah that was something that was in my notes um to that I, we were going to do something with um, yeah. for the workshop. And when I did, I didn't get to like five things on oh, my whole well, note. Well, that's better to have more. Anyway, so there less. you go. There's P- 
peanut butter soup. Oh, that's There's cute. an extra, which a is not bonus. fall at all. <laughs> and then these days you do it and they're like, I can't eat peanut butter. I'm like, whoa. Oh, man, the allergies. Don't even mention it. Killing Kids will just, you know, break out in hives. Yeah. But we have been doing peanut butter and jelly that's lately because we're like, you know, we've got our loud and soft and our four voices in kindergarten. But peanut butter is not an autumn thing necessarily. No, no, no. Back to the pies. Sorry, yeah. Which are totally autumn. Yeah. If you eat a pie in any any other season, it's just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> which brings to mind for me, because I was just listening to it with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my. Oh, oh yes. Oh, my. And no you can go there. Pie. And I know that one's a little bit more well-known. But um, I was listening to Jill Trinka in the car with my kids Aww. on the way home tonight from... We went to the ice cream shop, actually. And, um, oh... Tanya's being told it's time to go to bed. <laughs> that's not happening. Oh, Sorry. no, because we're going to keep talking. Uh-huh. Anyways, No More Pie is a really good one, and that's in all the Fire Robin stuff, and it's on one of Jill Trinka's right. albums. So. But the My, My, Me, Own My is simply a thing where we go around the room, and they have to use a singing voice, so mm-hmm. we all sing, How I Love That Peanut Butter Pie. My, My, <laughs> well, Me, Own My, like How I Love That Blueberry pie. Oh, yes. That's how mine So we pick it. Now, and if you really can't trust that they're going to come up with their own pie, Mm -hmm. you could totally go to town and have your own visuals of different pies. Yeah. And pass them out to kids. And if you're really fancy, then I guess you could, like, buy some kind of, like, fruit manipulatives and you pick a fruit from the sack. Oh, yeah. And whatever fruit you get, you got to sing that pie. Yeah. That would be how you would, like, break it down so you get to the where they're improvising their own pie. Sure. Yeah, but it's just a fun little thing to go yeah. around. And um, it's a so me, so me. So I also have them body sing or body sign while they're singing that. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know. Um, but I just think of it in terms of Thanksgiving. That's why yeah. we're doing it that way. Um, Should we move on to Halloween? Well, we could. Um, if we have time, we can circle back. Yeah. I was going to talk about the birch tree, which is Oh, not... let's talk about the birch tree because okay. it is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Okay. Um. So the birch tree I always associated, I think most people do, with autumn. Yeah. Because, I don't tree know. In the meadow. It's a tree in the meadow in a minor key. And the leaves are dancing when the wind blows. Well, right? yeah. Wind yeah. blows other times, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so, and it was also used in, oh my gosh. Of course, now that I've said it, I, is it Tchaikovsky's? Tchaikovsky. Which one? Fourth, I think. Fourth. Symphony. Yes. I believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the song is See the lovely birch in the meadow. Is it curly leaves? I thought it was See the leaves are dancing when the wind blows. Lulee, lulee, the wind blows. Well, so I know that for a fact that what I'm thinking in my brain is the there's an octavo of the birch tree, ah. and it's a Mary Getzi octavo, oh. and I've done it so much that I think that I'm I'm using specifically the text she uses in that octavo, which is a really lovely octavo, by the way. It's just all unison oh. and has a really lovely lovely accompaniment to it. Oh, well, there you go. Shout yeah. out for that. Yeah. Okay. It's really, really, pretty. really accessible for young Absolutely. choirs. Absolutely. Yep. Just yeah, it's one of my favorite, especially because. It's something they can perform in the fall because it's so easy. So if you have a choir going, they can learn it in just a few rehearsals and be able to sing it beautifully. And it has that beautiful ooh vowel. So if you're working on that placement, yeah, always one of my favorites. So I'm not sure if I'm singing the text kind of the way that the typical 
folk song is Well, done. I'm looking right now in Holy Names oh, to see. Oh, that's where you go. Oh, you my need gosh. To know. It's not there? Are you kidding me? Oh. oh. Well, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we will. <laughs> anyway, Birch Tree yeah. is when you should know. It's an absolutely beautiful piece. It is. And you can do lots of, oh, lovely instrumental things with it yes. and sing in canon and mm-hmm. bring in the Tchaikovsky piece. Yeah. And, oh. oh, and you know what? Recorder. It works really nicely on recorder. Oh. Yeah. If you're playing it in. I'm trying to think of where that, where I saw, D, where I've Do you done play it in D? With an F natural? Yes. So it's not for your. Young, no, 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 this is not your no. This is, I'm trying to think of when it's been a while since I've played it, but it was fifth graders, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, as we're moving on and adding notes, okay, so now we can get out of autumn and like, well, we're still in autumn, but we can go Halloween y, and I know it's dependent on whether or not you're allowed to do the Halloween things, right? At my old school, there was a, a there were a few years where we did not do Halloween anything, but I still would throw in like pumpkin things because as long as it wasn't like jack o' lanterny pumpkin and it was just about an actual pumpkin, you know, you can kind of flub it a little bit. But well, it's all pumpkin. It's yeah, a, it's a vegetable, man. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I would focus on like the vegetable <laughs> part and like more Thanksgivingy, but still not calling it Thanksgiving either because we were just kind of like not talking Nothing. about any holidays. Okay. But well, yeah. we're gonna talk about Halloween. We're gonna do it because at our schools we are allowed, and mm-hmm. hopefully some of you can too. Yes. So uh, shout out to Skin and Bones, right? Ooh. Speaking of Boo Powells, yeah, yeah, what a fun piece, and um, I mean, also I love, good on recorder. Yeah, great on just for that me. Which I tend to always be prepping Lola Mm -hmm. in third grade around Halloween. Which is a great time to prep it. Yes. Because you got all those yummy things. As we call it if we're not calling it La. I mean, but I do it with younger kids too. It's more like a story song. You know, I gather them in the in the corner and I turn off the lights and I really try to spook them. And there's some some (laughs) kooky games out there if you look around. Um, for skin and bones. Oh, I didn't know there was games. Well, I, I mean, think, I mean, we just do it like a story. You know, I say game in the very well, loose activity, way, yes. but there's like where you know, after you tell the story the first time, then the kids like lie down and jump out at certain times. I don't. Oh, know. interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, the whole fun of it is if they don't know the song and mm-hmm. they don't know the punchline, so to speak. Yeah. Then you know she opens the door and boom you know and you can really spook them yeah once they know that it's not as fun as it was no it's not i mean so yeah you do have to i spin it out and i i add lots and lots before you add add extra verses oh yeah well okay number one i can't remember so you just all the specifics (laughs) but like when she gets her broom she goes back and like she flicked on the lights, but it was dark. Oh, Ooh. my. She creeped down the creaky stairs. Ooh. You know, you so can you just... just have some fun with some improvisation. Yeah, well, you know, because they know something's coming. You got to delay it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. Uh, so, of course, Skin and Bones. And works lovely on um, ORF instruments. You can set that up so that they have the bars taken off that they you don't want them to be playing. And again, for that low law, yeah, you can really add things to that and make yeah. it just awesome. And if you're looking for a printed source, it is in um, Susan Brumfield's First We Sing Songbook One. Oh, what does she say I for? I have it just right here. What in does front she of me. say for play, for game, or for song um, play? The they students sing. to sing the response. Later they can take tunes, le- turns leading the song. Yeah, no, she doesn't yeah. really have anything specific for okay. that. But um, she does talk about how you can 
um, do some things with conducting and things in the six eight meter mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, and then that. she talks about the low lot, which is really that's kind of the gold. Yes, of, this song. of course. Yes. So, anyways, really unless you're six eighteen with an anacrusis. Yeah. 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 So, um, back to uh, to first grade kindergarten land. One of my favorite Halloween activities, and you know, I'm gonna say it again. I think I learned this originally from the Share the Music series, but I know it's out there because I know I had heard it previously. Is the Pumpkins Do song, which just simply goes, "Pumpkins do, pumpkins do." What should we put in the pumpkin stew? And then, of course, you can do all sorts of text improvisation with that, whether it's kids speaking or chanting things in rhythm, Mm -hmm. you know, or you can have them tell you something and then you sing it. And so I made this silly little set of creepy things. So, you know, it's like things I find in the dollar bin at Target. So the little spiders and the little Mm -hmm. smushy eyeballs and, you know, the little witch's fingers. And I just, I have a big pumpkin kind of cauldron and I I pass out the things to the kids and I sing them and they come and put them in yeah. the pot. So we'll sing like creepy crawly spiders, creepy crawly spiders, or you could have the kids come up with the things and put them in. But then later on down the road, I found this really great book. Oh, can I and mention about yes. the pumpkin stew? Yeah. Because it sounds a lot like what I do with chop, chop, chippity chop, cut off yes. the bottom, cut off the top. So you could do like an A section, B section. You could. You could chop, chop, Add chippity some chop, more things cut off to the, the bottom, stew. Cut the top. What we have left, we'll put in the pot, chop, chop, chippity chop. chop. So if the kids are not yet singing the yeah. pumpkins too they could at least come in on the chop chop jippity chop yeah yeah and so my story <laughs> so go ahead. That's go okay. um at one of the scholastic book fairs i found this book and it's called monster mischief oh. and in the book monster mischief there are these monsters and they're making a monster stew so ever since out, I out found... of monster parts no, they're putting in like creepy things like bats oh, okay. and spiders. Not like And I, I don't want cannibalism. to spoiler alert. One of the monsters dumps out the stew and they're really sad about that. And so instead they go trick-or-treating and they get candy. It's uh, really cute. Okay. But anyways, the moral of the story is when I found that book, I ended up just changing the words to monster stew, monster stew. So then I read the book and then we talk about the monster stew. Oh, how stew. cool. And what's the so name of the book? The bo- book is called Monster Mischief. And I saw it on Amazon, so I know you can get it other Ooh. places. And we'll be sure to link to that one in the show notes. It's just a cute little book. Kids love it. Very fun. Okay. What are some of your favorite well, Halloween Well, I have to Tanya. give a shout out to this, and I got it from my friend Amy Abbott, and um, it's Black Cat, because the kids just love it. Um, it's great for reading some rhythm. Black Cat, Black Cat, looking for a witch. Black Cat, Black Cat, night as dark as pitch. You can see me, cause your eyes are green. Black Cat, Black Cat, this is Halloween. And there's a rest at the end. Yeah. But, and this is like the only time I ever put something on the on rest. On the rest, yeah. But we go, we kiss Yeah, well, end. you have to. Yeah. So <laughs> after we learn it, um, they do like um, moving around the room like black black cats. Yeah. I mean, my, my littles want to be animals, so oh, let's, let's go. let's embrace Let's that. do it. Yeah. And they're allowed to hiss. And they're allowed to hiss I on this one. It. They're not hissing at anyone. Yeah. I mean, we prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and then I'm imagining you get the little black cat erasers. I, how did you know? Oh, because I have a I couple have the of varieties. Eraser obsession. Uh huh. Right? Everyone does. I have a couple of varieties of black cat erasers, yeah. and then we use them. To say, oh, how many sounds do we hear on this beat? Let's put two little black cat erasers. How many sounds do we hear? You know. That yeah. kind of thing. And are you doing um, that at this point with kinder? Or is this no, 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 be, no. This will be first. Yeah. Grade. No, actually, I do this with second grade. Second grade. Yeah, oh, okay. because we might as well, you know. And then they'll transfer it to actual rhythm. Exactly. They know we do transfer it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link to Amy's um, blog post about Black Cat. It's yeah. a really nice one. And I don't know where she got it from. I think it, it might be from a textbook. But, you know, hey, it's a good one. You know, and I will just say, like, I'm not a big textbook person, you know, but as, as someone who's taking Kodai levels, it's just not something that I refer to all that often because mm-hmm. I have all these lovely gems ready to go. Sure. But when it comes to holidays and special events, that's oftentimes when I go to my textbook series. And that's the time where maybe I give them that little bit of, yeah, we're going to sing with the accompaniment track on this right, one. Right. Because, you know, it gives them that opportunity to experience those kind of things. So it's not just all the typical, quote unquote, you know, Kodai-esque Right. And if you started teaching and and got familiar with any kind of textbook series, you still have those things. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got a bunch of textbooks from the 1980s. And um, it's interesting because, like, I'll never get rid of them because if I want to do long-legged sailor, instead of, like, digging it up and showing a PowerPoint, I know that that on page such music and, such. and you yep. grade three there's long-legged sailor with exactly. some cute little pictures of exactly what i want i yeah. love the notation that's written right there yeah yeah there's a really great um halloween song in the third grade <laughs> the music series called halloween night and i do it every year without fail better watch out it's halloween night uh-huh. look at all the spooky sights is the refrain and then it goes into these different verses where there's witches and skeletons and goblins and ghosts and then I put, divide them into groups and they get to act it out. And then we add instruments and, you know, it's gold. And it's, yeah. you know, it's a composed little tune, but that's okay. <laughs> They're not all things composed are bad yes. in our world. In so. the um, big book from Music and You, there's the um, Town Hall Halloween Ball. Oh, yeah. Cute. They're pick, pick, picking out pumpkins. They're pop, pop, popping some corn. Ah. There's plenty to share. All the folks are there at the Town Hall Halloween Ball. Nice. Yeah, it's really dorky. And you know, now that I'm saying we're just like spewing out the things, I don't know that we would necessarily be able to put all of these things in the show I don't think I'm going to be able to put Town Hall Halloween Ball. I think it's copyrighted. Well, exactly. (laughs) So um, we're just saying, look, if you have those music series and you're not normally someone who opens those up, now is a good time. There might be some Halloween There might be some good little gems in there. Yeah. Um, right. Other Halloween things you want to mention? Oh, well, I have written down here because I just want to promote it whenever I can. The book, The Composer, is dead. Da, da, da. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a Lemony Snicket book. Yes. Who, I mean, I adore all Lemony Snicket things. Yes. But this book in particular is suited for older children yeah. because, you know, it's got this sarcastic, you know, uh, very dry, um, slightly morbid sense of humor to it. Yeah, and, and there's kind of some upper music jokes too. Like there they is. have to have some understanding about. Like, but even your older kids are probably not going to get all the no, 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 musician stereotypes. Yes, but um, it is really packed full of. Well, first of all, it's it's a book and it comes with a CD because there was music that was composed to go with this. And I actually saw it in concert a few years ago. Did you? Yeah. At the at Colorado Symphony Orchestra. <sighs> so cool. They, they did it. They performed yeah. it. Um, so 
anyway, it's just fantastic. It's a great book. It's a great book. And the illustrations are fantastic. And the illustrations are done, I believe, I'm pretty sure, by Carson Ellis, who is married, who is an, an illustrator, married to um, Colin Malloy, who's the lead singer of The Decemberist. So oh, my life all goes for full circle. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder teacher tip. <laughs> right, Tanya? Yes, it is. Um, boy, I just love this segment. <laughs> it's sad how much sometimes we have to stop and go, uh, wait, I, I do wish I, I was better, better at it because so many times I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm working a lot harder and not smarter. However, there are things that we do that really are smarter and not harder. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to talk about something that I'm sure lots of people already know, but I, it, it begs repeating that all the time, sing for your students, not with your students. Yeah. I, I, really, I really try to drive home this point when we do Kodai Level 1. Mm-hmm. This is something that, I, honestly, it took me a few years to embrace this idea, and I have to give credit to John Feyerabend. Because after hearing Dr. Fire Robin speak the very first time I saw him, and I've seen him, as have you, several, several times, mm-hmm. to the point that, like, I can do his rhetoric. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what he's going to say. I know his shtick, and it's a good shtick. It's not, oh, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but one of the things that Dr. Fire Robin, I think it was probably the second time I saw him, that he was really talking about seeing for your students, not with your students. And I made a real conscious effort. I wrote it down on an index card. I love those index cards. And I really made a plan that, okay, I'm going to do this because I want them to be vocally independent. My voice, I was losing my voice at least once or twice a year. This is ridiculous. It can't be all me, 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 me. Now, I take for granted that the very first class period we learn a song is going to mostly be me. Right. After that, it should not be me. Right. It should be them. And... You have to let go of control and you have to feel the initial few seconds of pain uh-huh. when you stop and it starts to die. But you are going to have some people who are going to bring it back. Yes. They might not always bring it back in the correct key. Right. Right. But this is something that they will get better at. Yes. That you really, it's hard, it's scary because you've got to let go of control. Yeah. But I, it's been something that ever since I really made an effort to do it. It's a habit that I have. Oh, me too. And I just want to make sure that we, it's it's said that we sing for the students, but not with the students, that once they know that song, it's theirs and they should be singing because the only way that students get better at singing in tune and singing in general is if they are vocally independent. Yes. Yeah. time for our CODA section where we each share a professional or a personal recommendation. Carrie, you're up first today. Tell us what you have. 
I have something professional. Oh, my finally. goodness. Finally. I guess wow. I'm back in school mode. Um, I was looking through my, my books today about, you know, things to prepare for today, actually. Yeah. And I glanced and remembered a wonderful folk song collection called A La Reda Rueda. It's hard to speak and not sing. A La Reda Rueda. R-U-E-D-A. Rueda. Um, it's traditional Latin American folk songs for children, collected and edited by, by Mirna Cabrera, Yay. who both of us know personally. She came out and did a Rocky workshop. She's lovely. She's done some work at the um, Colorado Kodai Institute. And then also Martha, and I'm going to hopefully pronounce this correctly, Martha Eskenazi, I believe Ooh, is how good. you pronounce yeah. it. So anyways, it's a wonderful folk song collection. That's put out by Hal Leonard, and um, really great songs. It's a purple All book. in Spanish. Yeah. It's purple. Um, not all necessarily from Mexico. In fact, there's very few from Mexico. A lot are from Cuba, which is where Mirna is from. Mm -hmm. um, and also, it looks like Martha is also from Cuba. But wonderful, wonderful songs. And something that I love is that it comes with a CD. Mm -hmm. So if you're worried about pronunciation like I am, if you have you know Spanish-speaking children and you want to make sure you're really pronouncing right. things well, it does have a CD so you can study up ahead of time yes. or even play the CD for I think this children. is a must-have as far as like I collections agree. of songs from elsewhere. From yeah, and the reason why it popped in my head is because I was thinking about, you know, fall and Halloween and Day of the Dead, and there's a really great song in here specifically, um, Estaba la Caravela, which is about a skull and a skeleton. And then it's kind of like the apples and bananas song where then you sing it, but you change the vowel. So all the words you sing with an ah vowel, and then all the words you sing with an E vowel, mm -hmm. which for someone who doesn't speak Spanish, this is like really challenging <laughs> for me. So I was practicing it after school, and I'm going to definitely do this with my sixth grade. Are you going to sing I it for think, us right now? No, because I'm not going to pronounce it very well. Okay. But I'm going to say, by the book, everyone. Yes, you should I, buy I, the book. I did this song a long time ago, but it's been too long that I know I'm going to not do it justice. But anyways, it's a lovely song. It's a great book, and I definitely recommend it. Yay. So, yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Tanya, you're up. Okay. Um, Professional or personal? Let's start there. Well. Kind of both. Kind of both. Okay, cool. Um, it's interesting because I'm reading this book that my principal gave me. And she gave everyone on the staff a copy of this. And do you know Do you know Brene Brown? I, I definitely know the name. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, she has authored a lot of books. But her, she specifically is a researcher on um, shame and grief and all of these things that we are not really wanting to, you know, delve deep in. Yeah. But this book, um, Daring Greatly, it's called Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, um, it's I guess you would put it in the self-help category but it's not a um it's a pretty deep self-help yeah. book well and you know what it's not exactly a self-help book because she does not say hey why don't you go and try this or why don't you go try that she right. just talks about her research on these things and it sounds like how you treat others yes it's all it's, it's just it's really a lot about that but it, so. but there is like inspirational stories within it and um, at the very least, it's you should anyone should definitely see her TED talks. Okay, that's probably right. I'm sure that her. is. Yeah. And I, I was trying to figure out if I've mentioned before, but one of my very favorite things is that there's been some illustrated little shorts 
on some of her bits from TED Talks. Yeah. And I might have mentioned it before. I don't know. But Brene Brown on empathy, which is like a like three-minute little video with little cartoon characters on the difference between empathy and sympathy. Yeah, that I've um, seen. Is really excellent. And it always makes me um, a little teary. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so this book, Daring Greatly, it's just, uh, it's it's not light reading, but it's been important um, reading. Important reading, if you work and it's, with it's just kind of, yeah. If you work with children, or if you like, oh, I don't know, talk to people ever. Um, <laughs> if you interact hang out with, them, with you other know. human, she's beings. got lots and lots of books. But um, cool. Brene Brown is somebody definitely worth hearing from. Awesome. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring blog. Connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be talking about keeping the joy in the music room during tough times. November, October can be um, a little bit tough. And when you have other things going on in your life, it's important to keep that joy going. We'll talk about some ideas to make sure that you're still an awesome, effective music teacher. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking. <laughs>